0: Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Arlene Stearns. Arlene Stearns is an award-winning artist, personal stylist, teacher, and founder of the Image Up System. Her family has deep roots in the fashion industry of New York City, and she was immersed in style since childhood. She has over 15 years in fashion as the owner of a clothing line and then as a stylist in an exclusive boutique, winning four national awards for her mix and match mastery. Image Up was awarded Best Image Consultant 2021 in Georgia. In partnership with her clients, she applies her background and artistic ability to help them create a personal signature style to look and feel fabulous. Over the years, more than a thousand women have benefited from her style and fashion expertise. Welcome to the podcast, Arlene. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, and I have to say you look beautiful today and it's a perfect color. (laughs) Yay, it's vibrant. It makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. So just so people can get to know you, um, we mentioned artists, teachers, stylists. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and how you got started and how you got to be doing what you're doing now.
1: Okay. Well, I was an educator in the Georgia schools for 30 years and I taught, well, I started out teaching art and Spanish. Well, Spanish primarily, and then everything that was an overflow. I had a minor in art and I have a minor in English. So I would teach overflow classes in those areas. I've always been an artist, probably since I could pick up a crayon, like I always loved doing art, and I was raised in New York, and art was a program from kindergarten up, when I was in middle school and high school, it was actually a class that you would earn credits for, and it was quite very structured, we did oils, we did acrylics, pastels, and we'd have critiques and showings, and so it was very much almost like a college class. Mm So I've always had interest in art, like I would collect things and paint them and all of that. Well, then my dad always said, you know, like when I was three years old, even I knew I was going to college. I didn't even know what it was, but I was going. And I always liked to play school as a child as well. So I'd get my stuffed animals and another girlfriend and, you know, I'd be the teacher kind of thing. And that was fun. So that was part of the educational background. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started out in Spanish and then I realized that my son had a specific learning disability. Well, when something hits home like that, you want to become the expert in that area. This was like, oh, this is quite a while ago. So there wasn't very much known. So I got my master's and a specialist degree in special education. So one time or another, I've taught like every grade level except for PE and kindergarten. And I finished up my last 13 years in middle school before I retired. I taught um, in Thompson, Georgia, which is in McDuffie County. And then also near the Augusta area. So I was in the at Lakeside Middle School for the 13 years. And I never really thought I would like that age group, but I, but I did. So it, it just worked. And that was very fulfilling. But if I go, how do I become an image consultant? Wow, let's see. I've always loved fashion. My mom was a fashion model in the 1940s. And then my grandmother was a super fashionista, like a clothes horse. I was the only grandchild for quite a while. And she loved dressing me up from the Fifth Avenue stores. So by the time I was like three years old, I was walking down Fifth Avenue and was aware of the beautiful clothes But she liked to kind of show me off to her friends. So that was part of the interest. And then, of course, as a teenager, clothes are the rage. You know, I would, I would save all my money and, and buy, you know, beautiful clothes. So, but the one event in my life that really sparked becoming an image consultant was a really low time in my life. So I would say I was in my early 20s and my self-esteem and my confidence were at an all time low. At that point, I was going through a divorce. I was going to be the first one in my family to get a divorce. Um, I lived in a little town of Thompson, Georgia, and my family wasn't around me. I was a school teacher, like a beginning school teacher, and my husband was a GBI agent. So we had all the connections, you know, with the law enforcement and the judges and attorneys. And I just felt like, you know, I didn't really have a chance. It was really scary because I've never lived on my own before, actually. And um, then to be, you know, a, a single mom, all of that was super scary. It And it just devastated me. I spent five years in a marriage that was very emotionally abusive until finally I said, okay, I have enough. I just have to get out of this. So my mom hated to see me so devastated. And she gave me one of the best gifts ever. It was a makeover at Saks Fifth Avenue. Well, I was like so thrilled, a little bit nervous. And I'm driving from Thompson thinking, oh, like, you know, this is going to be exciting, but a little bit scary too. Like, how am I going to look in that? So my mom dropped me off. And I sat down in that stylish chair, and I gave her permission to do what she does best. She asked me what I wanted. I said, I want you to give me a hairstyle that's going to be flattering for me and, um, and fairly easy for me to maintain. And she started snipping away at my hair. And my hair at that time was long, dark, stringy, and just kind of hung. I had it parted on the side, and it had been that way in high school and all through college. So I was watching it kind of fall on the floor going like, and then she did my makeup. And of course i never really wore it at that point, never really had time to do much makeup. I did a little bit of lip gloss and maybe mascara, but she did my, she did my makeup. When I looked in the mirror, I was so amazed because gone was that college girl. And there sat a professional woman like, a professional woman. I had a hairstyle that was beautiful, but what was so, and it made me feel like a million dollars. It's like a rebirth that started. And what was so amazing is my mother did not recognize me. And there's two levels at Phipps Plaza and I was on the top level. She was on the lower level. I had to wave at her and like, kind of like call out her name because the transformation was that huge. Like I look totally different. And I felt like that million dollars. And I really like to create that kind of sparked that interest in, wow, I can do this for other people, possibly. Chris, when I went back to Thompson, Georgia, Mm -hmm. they were amazed at my transformation. And then it just didn't stop at hair and makeup. You know, we went clothing shopping Mm -hmm. and we started with foundations. So we had to get some things that were a little bit sexier than grandma panties and stuff. <laughs> and um and foundations are really, you know, wasn't really realizing how important foundations were for the for your clothes to look better as well. And so I remember the first outfit that we picked out really vividly. And it was unique colors, like really like artist colors, vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. And that so there was a hot pink jacket and a turquoise. Um, silky shirt and a gray skirt and it all tied together with this belt that had all the colors in it. So it was just really unique. It was it was grown up. I did not look like a college student or a teacher. I looked like a professional. And so that, that shift, like when you look good, you start feeling good and that confidence builds in you. But that sparked really what I'm doing today. Because as a teacher, I always had kind of a side gig. You know, as a single parent, always wanted some more money. And so I had my, a clothing line that I represented for over 10 years. And I did extremely well with it. And then when I retired, I worked in the um, boutique And I just prattled on, but let me see, I'll let you ask me another question. So I hope people get to know me a little bit better. I have a a different background, a wide variety of interests. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Well, I I just when you said, you know, my mom was a, a fashion model and my grandmother was a fashionista, I'm thinking, boy, what kind of a household did you grow up in? Just really, really different. And it was
1: different but i was the oldest and then there were three other younger siblings so like as i was a teenager and worked as a babysitting and that i would save my money and buy some of my own clothing but i was raised with clothing being important and when I was old enough to know, like, my mother would instill in me, like, the value you place on yourself is the value others will place on you, and they're going to look and see you first. And if you don't have pride in yourself, they're, they're not, they're just going to not take you seriously. And then we had school clothes, we had play clothes, and, and then really dress up clothes, whether it's church or party clothes, mm-hmm. and, you know, you didn't mix those. You know, like three pairs of shoes, like your party shoes or (laughs) church shoes, school shoes and tennis shoes to go out and play in. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to take care of my clothes as well. Mm -hmm.
0: So I have a granddaughter who's two and a half now. But even when she was really young, you know, when my daughter's putting her ponytails in or putting these clothes on her and she loves to dress her up. And the baby's like crying like she doesn't want to get the ponytails in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> and my daughter will say to her, Beauty is pain, beauty is pain. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I want to look beautiful and be comfortable. So right. can I look beautiful and be comfortable.
1: Yes, definitely. And that is my motto. I as I wardrobe people, it's really important that it's their signature style as not mine at all. It has to represent them from their inside because I do some assessments, like a little mini assessment that gives me their strengths and then and then identifies their zone of genius. So I make sure that their wardrobe and their image represents that, is in alignment with that so that they're really because your image is your essence. And it's a way how that you express yourself on the outside. Mm-hmm. And it's important. People think, you know, if they dress up or even not truly totally dress up because most things aren't dressed up anymore, um, like do the business casual. That's been taken in a lot of places to the extreme mm-hmm. Where, for companies I was called in to do some training or a webinar on what business casual should really look like. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be like torn up jeans and flip-flops and that kind of thing. So companies are having a harder time with that. And some people seem to have, like, you can't be put together and comfortable, but you can. That's, that's what's important. And, you know, my clients are comfortable with what they're wearing, and they have to love it because my advice is when we're trying on things together, if you don't love it, then it's just going to hang in your closet and you don't need more things just hanging in your closet that you're not going to wear. And, it has, and they have to sense that comfort within them. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, I ask them to kind of step out of the comfort zone a little bit and they're amazed because all of a sudden they'll see different possibilities for themselves that they didn't even know
0: existed Mm -hmm. well that makes sense because i know i'm drawn to the same colors all the time to what today i'm wearing blue i like blue it's one of my good colors but Mm -hmm. my favorite colors are really um red for for wearing i like to wear red um so i find myself going towards the reds and the oranges and the you know my favorite colors so I look in my closet and I keep them in color stacks. So right, There's like, a big old red section here. That's for passion girls. Big, big red section, big black section. Cause you can't go wrong with black and then just kind of mixed in everything else. But, you know, I, it is true that it would really be helpful to get an outside perspective of someone who understands the psychology of the colors and the shapes and everything to, to, you know, find something new. It's so hard to find something new. We, at least I do. I want to keep picking similar things.
1: Right. Because sometimes we get so comfortable with just this one look and, and we buy that one look over and over and over again. People have even made the same mistake of like buying the same exact thing, forgetting that they had it in their closet because their closet was kind of so packed most women only wear like 20% of their clothes. So 80% is like wasted. Mm -hmm. So, um, so one of the things that I do is I assess your body type and there are actually 48 different body types, which is just like blew my mind. I didn't know there were 48 different body types and I don't want to be equated to a piece of fruit so so <laughs> I, I didn't like that either <laughs> I don't want to be an apple or a pear or whatever I just said like no I am more than an apple or a pear <laughs> so I the artist in me uses a geometric shapes mm-hmm. and so um once I have a few of your measurements I can actually look up what your what your body type is like specifically and then generate a list of what's never going to look good on you. Even if you lost 10 or 20 pounds, your frame, your actual silhouette is not going to change your bone structure. Your shoulders are always going to be a certain width. Your hip bones are not going to be moved either. Mm -hmm. Your size can change, but your actual structure is not changing. Mm -hmm. So I'll generate a list of what's never going to look good on you ever. And then also another list, which is even more important, what's always going to look fabulous on you. The styles that are really going to have you shine, that are going to like accentuate your assets as I like to call it and, you know, show it off. So so then when we get the list of what's never going to work for you, we got to work on your closet and get out the things that are never going to work for you. And then I'll look at, the treasures you've got left in your closet, which is usually, you know, a good amount still. And I put together outfits in a creative way that she might not have ever thought of. And invariably people will find things that they didn't know they had um, and go, oh my God, some things I'll have the tags on still. Maybe it was an impulse buy. And, but I'll put together outfits with the treasures that you have and the accessories that you have. And take pictures of it so that you have that book, like, that you know what goes together. And for people's closets that weren't organized, you talked about having the colored sections and that, like, yeah, I organize it in a certain way that it makes it functional and easy for them to get dressed for any occasion. Mm -hmm. And then I know what the gaps are. So I do the pre-shopping, which as this, as the style expert, I know everything that you have, and if you have things in your closet that really look, that are still functional, they're still usable in that, but they might just need like a little pizzazz, a little pop of color, some little accessory, I'll take it with me and work with the things that you have, and then fill in the gaps, and I do that before you ever show up, and we have a a fitting room that's reserved for us that's a lot larger than the normal fitting room and it's in a private area and then we start playing with the clothes and trying on the different outfits and again we'll take pictures but the three most important things as a stylist in my advice is that it really needs to fit you. Um, It shouldn't be too tight, too baggy. It should show It should flatter, okay, going to the next thing, you know, it should um, like just skim your silhouette. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is it should flatter you. So it could fit you, but not flatter you or vice versa. So it needs to be flattering. It needs to hit you in the right places. And all of that comes from that list in my expertise, and you know we try to not have so many horizontal lines cutting ourselves ourselves up so i can make no matter what size or or shape this you know that my clients in i can always make them look taller and slimmer in what they're wearing
0: i'm like five one in some something <laughs> I always want to look taller and slimmer. (laughs)
1: Right. Most people do. And it's amazing, though, because our fashions, you know, the average American woman is like 5'4 and weighs 160 pounds. But our fashions are designed for a tall, thin, young model. Not the typical American woman at all. So right off the bat, we're kind of at a disadvantage, you know, what's even being offered.
0: That makes sense. So talk about the um, choosing our style in ages. Let's say you have a 20-year-old, a 40-year-old, a six-year-old. Are we looking at different things as we go into different phases of life?
1: Yes, because a 20-year-old is probably going to be trendy, you know, and vibrant, And, and I mean, not that we're not vibrant as we're older, because I like to think of myself as vibrant, but probably go for more trendy and youthful things. And as we age, we don't, we want to be age appropriate, but we don't want to look dowdy and frumpy. Mm -hmm. And that's where, as, as we're getting more mature, you know, women, women have said, you know, like, I'm such and such age and you know, but I still feel young, and I don't want to look frumpy, and I'm not really sure what to wear anymore, mm-hmm. and so, you know, when I'm out and about, I always notice what people have on, and so yeah. one of the places that we go dancing, there's like, she's 80-something years old, and she's wearing these tight jeans with sparkles all over her butt. Now, that's not attractive for an 80-something-year-old woman, you know, it's like, not appropriate. Mm-hmm. If she were 19 or whatever, yeah, like, fantastic. You know, she, she is slim, but still, it's just not appropriate. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So yeah, um, as for careers, I like to think of simplifying your wardrobe and having core pieces Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: adding some accent things to make it pop. And I think no matter what your age is, the core pieces, are important to just have like a workable, functional wardrobe of some core pieces.
0: Mm-hmm. So talk about when we have our relaxing fun days, we're having a picnic, you know, we might even be someplace where we might get a possibility of getting a little dirty or sweaty or whatever. I'm not talking about working out, but just our more relaxing days, or I'm gonna just go shopping with my girlfriends. Um, so sometimes I know I'm like, oh, this is my off day. I'm just going to put a t-shirt and jeans. You know, I don't, you know, I don't look good in that. It, I, it doesn't serve me at all. So what kind of, I don't know if you want to say rules, but what guidelines can you give us as far as, okay, how can we go out and be comfortable in, in that relaxed, casual, but still look good?
1: Okay. I, I always believe in looking put together. Because you are, you represent not only you, but if you're, if you have a business, you, you are that billboard for that business everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So you could be at the lake or a picnic or when the amusement parks and you never know, or the grocery store, you never know who could be maybe a potential client of yours, who you're going to run into. So you don't want to look like a hot mess ever, really. And, and it's not hard to look put together. I mean, you can have a nice pair of jeans. I I did like a whole little blog blog or, and video on like, like mom staying at home and have little children that are running around. They can have like a nice pair of jeans that really fits them and a t-shirt. And now the fat is kind of tuck it in, in the front, leave it out in the back. And if they're going out, just put a little fun necklace on or some earrings on, some lipstick. You know, you look put together. You don't look like you're in your husband's big sweatshirt and you know, sloppy holy stuff that's that doesn't fit you right. Because mm-hmm. I know that for the younger folks having a distressed look is really in. And even that can look, you know, trendy and and nice if it's put together.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes
1: sense. It's not usually right for the office kind of thing, but it can look, you know, put together. Mm-hmm.
0: And now at the other end of the spectrum, what about you're going out to a nice dinner or you're going to go dancing or what's, um, you, you talked about the 80-year-old woman should not be wearing jeans with sparkles mm-hmm. on him. So what is a good outfit or choices for people if you're going to go out Because when you go out, you want to stand out, but you don't want to look ridiculous.
1: Right. I'm going to
0: reflect back to
1: looking like the mess again for a second. Um, There is something that Lady Gaga said I found really, really funny. So let me see if I can find it. Let me see. I had it here. Oh, let me see if I can find it. Or maybe I can just paraphrase it. So, oh, here it is. I feel that flip-flops are the downfall of many relationships. It's like it's flip-flops and then it's sweatpants and it's the gateway, it's a gateway drug to no sex. So it's like your appearance plays a big role in attracting your mate, how you attracted your mate or attracting your, your partner. And then also keeping that mojo alive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you go out and have date night, it's wonderful to look put together and you can have a simple black dress or a simple dress in like your favorite color red you now and, and just put on if it's, if it's appropriate, you know, a necklace, earrings, earrings or a necklace. Usually I, I advise if it's, especially if it's a big statement necklace. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have the statement necklace on, I, don't, I decided not to do earrings or if I had big statement earrings on, I wouldn't do a necklace. Or, or if you have a little necklace on, you could do, you know, earring both of them. Like yours is a much smaller necklace; it's beautiful, so you could do earrings with it as well. Um, and I always think putting on a heel—it doesn't have to be a stiletto; it can even be a wedge heel, whatever or kitten heel, whatever is comfortable for you. It's not attractive to be teeter-tottering, you know, trying to balance yourself on heels. Um, so a kitten heel or just a wedge heel, which is really solid. And now some of the heels are, are you know, a little bit high, but they're chunkier. And that's so there you have more stability. So I think it's really important because it's a special evening. And I think that you need, you know, you need to dress up in what you feel that you look fantastic in, and you're comfortable in.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. I know when I want to put on those really high heels, I'll, you know, I'll wear my flats in the car, I'll get there, I'll (laughs) put them on, and I got to have a date because I can't walk by myself. Know. they're too high they're too thin and, and I need someone just in case I might topple over
1: right when I wear the real high heels it's sort of like okay so I want to be like ballet part where I'm just going to make an entrance into the restaurant and I'm going to sit you know I'm not going to be doing any walking per se I'm not going to dance in them either and that so it's just like I'm just going to like pose with them on <laughs>
0: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So um, was there, is there anything else? I know you know so much stuff. Is there anything else you would like to share about that? Because I'd like to talk about some other things.
1: I think that, I think I've got it covered. Because I think dressing up makes it, makes the occasion even more special for you. Mm
0: -hmm. So I'd kind of like to go back to your story where um, you were talking about, you know, you were a young mom, you you were a single parent, you had a a son who um, started having, or or he had some learning difficulties. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and just how you kind of made your way through that? I mean, you highly educated yourself, but on a day-to-day basis, if there's other people who are in the same situation, how did you go through that? What things helped you?
1: I got some more help, even though I was super, super educated in the area. There's that emotional component when it's your child. And it's really difficult to try to tutor your own child. And so he was in private school and at different times he received tutoring. And it wasn't for me because I had done it all day long and it was just too hard to go home and do it again. By that time, you're not quite as patient, and that and that's really important. So I got that help, and he had his gifts because a specific learning disability means that you're weak in an area, but you've got strengths. And so he played towards his strengths, and now he's a very successful man. You know, uh, married doing very, very well, living out in the the Augusta area. So, you know, I'm very, very proud of him. He's like my masterpiece. And I would instill in him, like, just try your best. Just do, try your best. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that was like the most important thing. And then I feel like it's important, especially if you're a single parent, to ask for help. Even if you know how to do it all, it's just, different when it's your child it's hard to to be that patient Mm
0: -hmm. and was there any tools or things you did to kind of boost your own self up to keep yourself going like you know some people do meditation some people have just friends that they talk to what were the things that were your support
1: I developed some really good friendships that um that a few of the people are deceased now, but they were really my rock. Mm -hmm. And, and at different times, I would, we would walk with both of my friends, we would walk, but with one friend was at one point in my life, it was so hard to fit in another thing that I would drive to her house because she was on a private road. I would drive to her house at like five o'clock in the morning. And I would do it with her in the, early early morning because then there's no excuse mm-hmm. and that was just such a time that was like just so sacred because we could just barely whisper you didn't want to wake up we didn't want to like um, alarm any of the dogs you know have the dogs barking in the neighborhood or whatever and we'd see shooting stars and it was just beautiful to, to have that calming way to start your day so it was healthy calming and just you know just really therapeutic
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a walk in the morning is so important or some type of morning ritual where you're, you know, especially if you can get out into nature.
1: Right. And so that was special. Mm -hmm. And then I would confide in like those two friends. So they knew like everything. And every once in a while, you know, they would they would go, oh, Arlena, you know, it's it's a weekend or whatever, you know, because I did date some. And they'd go like, Todd could spend the night over at our house or whatever. And that was a big relief, too, to not have to do child care.
0: Oh, yeah, that is wonderful.
1: And, and now I have a whole ritual that I do in the morning that, um, like, I start my day with a cup of hot green tea and, and, I, and I read these different prayers. And I have just this quiet time that's just to myself in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I, even if I'm traveling, I make sure... That I get up early enough to do that because that I feel grounded and ready for my day then, mm-hmm. and I try to fit a walk in every day. So now I'll, you know, if I in this hot summer, of course, I'm walking in the early morning, not in the heat. But while the temperature is really nice, like today, I would sit at the computer for a while and then I walked after lunch. So it gave me like a break from the computer which I'm not a big sitting down computer person all day. I don't like to do it day in and day out.
0: So um, how important is it for us to actually have that self-care?
1: It's extremely important because you can't give what you don't have. You need to replenish yourself. And self-care is really a necessity, whether it's just taking a hot bath Just having some quiet time, even if you have to get up like an hour before the whole rest of the family gets up, to just have some time to yourself to reflect on what's important to you, um, even just not doing anything, just staring off into space or whatever. But it's your time to do what you want. And I feel like maintaining your image is part of your appearance is part of that self care as well. You know, having your hair done, not all the time, but, you know, to have a a hairstyle to get your nails done once in a while, doesn't have to be every week, you can do them yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Having a bubble bath or just some time, having space to read a book, you know, for a half hour. So just having that time replenishes you, just makes you a better person and makes you that are able to, to make a difference in other people's lives.
0: Yeah. So many times, especially, you know, women, we are constantly taking care of everyone else, you know, at home, at work, we volunteer for everything. And then we're kind of left empty. So how do you balance that? Or how do you make, you know, do your responsibilities or things you want to do to help out and still take care of yourself.
1: I just kind of plan it that I do plan some alone time. Like I said, I get up early in the morning to have that quiet time. And I try to set some boundaries too. to realize that I can't be everything to everybody. And I really need to start, It's not selfish to start with you first, because then you have the resources and the energy and that to, to help others, to serve others. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, so yeah, and now it's a little bit easier because it's just me and my husband. It's much easier to create those boundaries, you know, to, to have that quiet time. But you know, even when my son was young, like I got up at five o'clock in the morning, you know it's in and ran over a, a, like a mile or two away and walked before he ever got up.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you have a group where you're supporting women. Why don't you explain um about that your ultimate life group and what you're doing there?
1: Okay, well there's three different ways that I'm supporting women and your ultimate life is one of them. So one of my colleagues came to me recently and this spurred the idea of this new program that I'm offering. She had had two or three virtual interviews but she was going for her first in-person interview. And she hasn't been in corporate, let's say in five years, she so Arlene, I have no, no idea what to wear. And this is during COVID still. And so we came up with a virtual solution where I gave her directions on what to do. She sent me the pictures and I selected the outfit for her and told her why the other ones weren't gonna work. And um, we selected her outfit. She had the in-person interview she nailed the interview and she stepped into the leadership position and of a high paying job. So I'm offering that to women. I can do it virtually. So if you have like a major event happening or an interview, I was thinking like, um, like, image up for your interview. Basically, that's what I'm calling it because, because 90, what is it? 65% is of all communication is nonverbal. And the minute they see you, they assess you immediately and decide based on what you're wearing, whether you're competent and credible. So it's the first hint of your, your competence and credibility. And it, I mean, that's just the way it is. And so, you know, you can have all the credentials in the world, but if you don't show up, put together you're not going to get the job because you won't even they'll listen to you that your image speaks volumes before you ever utter a word so that's an important service then because of COVID like last year was so devastating because nobody went anywhere did anything and they could just stay at home just making sure they look good from their waist up mm-hmm. and um. So I came up with a virtual program where where it's a six-week program. And again, it's image up to increase your competence, visibility, and profits. And we're looking at like dressing the body you have right now. I always hear like, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds before I get clothes or something. And some of the people will be like, it's been years, they still need to lose the 10 pounds. You know, I'm just thinking seriously, <laughs> you, know, God, <laughs> you deserve to look good like right now. <laughs> you deserve to have something that, you know, goes together, that matches, that minimizes your size. You know, if you, everybody's got an area that they're not as happy with, and there's ways to camouflage it. And then there's ways to really bring out the, the areas that look fantastic, you know, to highlight those. Um, so, so I've created that program. And so it's a six-week program. It's going to launch on June 29th. It's going to be on Tuesday nights from 7.30 to 8.30. And during that six weeks, they'll also have a private consultation with me for an hour. So, so yes, but it's going to be very small group, like five people or less. So that way everybody gets a lot of attention, and then they'll get an hour with me just solo. So if there's something they want to discuss that they don't want anybody to hear, no, it's fine. You know, <laughs> that's her opportunity. That's wonderful. So that program will be, be launching June 29th. I feel like I can reach out and help a lot more women that way than my one-on-one program. And I love my one-on-one program. It it brings me so much joy to empower women and for me to kind of take them through that journey and, and watching their confidence grow. And I mean, it just brings me enormous joy. So I think they'll be able to, I know I'll be able to touch more lives doing it virtually. And if somebody then, you know, like location, it's not a possibility for them to be in Atlanta for me to do it with them. Um, or financially, it's just not in their budget for me to do it one on one with them. This is much more affordable. because so it's five ninety seven ninety seven dollars down and two payments of two hundred and fifty dollars. So it makes it really makes it more um, feasible for most for most people. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, again trying to just creative because it's my year to expand. Um, Brenda Holly, who is a life coach. And I are doing your ultimate life and it's going to launch probably in early August. So we're working on the launch. We want it to be successful. So we're getting some outside help and that with, you know, looking at other people's expertise because technology is not my expertise. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're going to put that together. We're putting that together. We have the content developed, we've created it, and it's a seven week class and it's going to be, I think it's on Wednesday night, but it's every other thing. It's every other week. And it's from, I think we decided to do it from from 7.30 to 8.30 again. And also again, there'll be some private time with both of us. That image does impact every single aspect every single important aspect of your life and most people don't realize that it it hits health people don't see that but when you have a good self-image you're more likely to take care of yourself make doctor's appointments and all that about about self-esteem um so you're you're more likely not to be you know going into the depression and all of that kind of things um so health It affects relationships, whether you're in a relationship, have a have a significant other or spouse or not. It affects every relationship. Mm -hmm. So your colleagues, your boss, how they how they treat you, how how they see you, the respect that you get, um, how well you're valued. So relationships, um, what other areas? all of a sudden, my mind went blank. But I know there's more. So um, your job, okay, your career major impact on your career. Then also your money. So pretty much your image is, gonna de- is going to decide on what kind of job you're going to be suitable for, and and then your money. So there's been all kinds of studies in that. Um, Where it was like work your, it's like work your something, work your image at the workplace or something like that. There was a study, and 64% of the participants said that um, their image, their appearance played a significant role in whether they got a promotion or a raise. And 76% agreed that it was their appearance, whether they were taken seriously or not. And we all want to be heard. Mm -hmm. We want to be taken seriously. It's really important. And along with that, whether you were invited to the some high-level meetings with the upper management, all based on your appearance and your image. And then I we'll have a whole lesson on the image as well, you know, going through some of the things that we would do in the um, group class, but in in my specific class, touching on some of the areas about how you deserve to really. Look your best, no matter what size you are.
0: So, what does money have to do with it? You know, there's some people that they're going to have just the elite brands, and they're going to pay for that elite brand, and that's all they're going to wear. But then there's, you know, there's people. Let's say they're in, you know, middle management. They don't have that kind of income to to buy, you know, whatever that higher brand is. So. Do you need to spend a lot of money to look good to get those promotions? Does it, do you have to have that branding? Where What does that play? Because there's some people that they just have to have that.
1: Some people do have to have like the Louis Vuitton bags and all of that stuff. To me, it's not necessary to have that. Those are status kind of symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to spend what, three, $4,000 on a purse or the Chanel bags, which are a lot more than that, and to have a seat on your bag or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if somebody wants to do that and it's within their budget to do it, you know, it's in their means to do it, let's say, that's fine. Um, but to me, it's not necessary to go to those extremes to have those kind of status symbol brands um, because that's what they are really to mm-hmm. me. Um, I never feel like 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 somebody has to have that particular purse to prove that they're worthy. They can have a beautiful bag that costs a fraction of whatever. That's all leather. That's beautiful. That and that's serviceable. You know, and and look put together. So when I go shopping, I work within somebody's budget for one thing. I ask them, you know, what, what are they willing to invest? At One of the stores that I go to, my clients get a twenty, at least a 20% discount, even if nothing is on sale, sometimes 30%, but at least 20% if they're working with me. And I look for designer things that are not the elite designer things, possibly, um, the most elite, let's say, that... I get it a good price mm-hmm. and I'm not. I feel like it's important to invest in certain pieces that will be classic pieces that you'll keep for a long time because they're not going to go in and out of style when you invest in some classic pieces, but even those don't have to cost a fortune that they do. They're a little bit more of investment. So you do get back that investment that you invest in yourself through the promotions or raises a peep for being heard, being visible, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to cost a fortune. It's going to cost you some obviously, but it doesn't have to cost a fortune. So, um, I'm not the bargain hunter person that has to just buy things that are on sale because you wind up with a mishmash of stuff that doesn't go together, but you got a good deal. But what's a good deal then if you're not going to be wearing it, you don't know how to put it together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a knack for finding designer things, putting them together for my clients at a really good price. So they've been amazed, especially I've also helped men as well. And they're of course easier because they almost have like a uniform, but they were amazed at what I could put together for them And such a good price too. And they had the designer labels in them and easy care and all that. So, um, you know, like like I like Calvin Klein and Tahari and um, Antonio Milani and what other ones, Ralph Lauren. But a lot of times, especially now because people were not shopping, a lot of times you can find really good prices on those. And that's what I have a good eye for.
0: Wonderful. So, um, if people wanted to work with you or contact you and you know, you know, have a conversation, how would they um, contact you?
1: Well, I offer a free consultation, like a thirty-minute consultation, and it's called your signature style profile. So they would just reach out to me. They could go to my website, which is ImageUp System. Dot com I've kept everything consistent so on Facebook it's image up system on LinkedIn it's image up system and then my email is Arlene at image up system so it's like I've kept it very very consistent and yes they can schedule it on my website they could contact me through Facebook just direct message me Um, because it's Arlene Stearns, it's S-T-E-A-R-N-S, and yes, just set up a time, i love to chat with people about where they are in their style journey, where they really want to go, what are their goals, and then we make a plan on how to get you there.
0: I love it, I love it, thanks. So um, I just wanted to change gears a little bit and just ask you something personal. Sure. So what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point? Of things that have already happened.
1: Okay. I guess to seeing my son grow up to be a successful man, you know, seeing him struggle and overcome those struggles to become confident and successful with his life. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing the light bulb go off with the children I worked with, you know, they would be struggled and I would try to, you know, maybe explain it in a different way Um, or maybe just put it on hold for a while. Maybe they weren't ready for that concept or whatever. But when you saw that light bulb go off, it was just like that aha moment. It gave me great joy. And now working with women, seeing that what I do empowers them also brings me great joy wonderful and then just things that I like to do like I do like to paint I love traveling and I've been to let me see about I think 44 states I think there's only six states left that I haven't been to and and I only count the states if I've done something in that state and so I just have like the Dakotas um what else Wisconsin Nebraska Iowa, well, I, very few, just a handful. So I was looking for people to do that with me because, because I've been to those states and there's not that much to do in Nebraska. I even live there. And so he's not that willing to go and i like, I have to like cross it off my bucket list. And so far I've been to every continent except for South America and Antarctica. And I had a trip planned to South America last year. And of course that was canceled. Then my husband and I met ballroom dancing. And so we love to go ballroom dancing. It it just is fun. It's it's a great way to socialize and it's so just you know, just add something that we do together that's fun.
0: All right. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for sharing all of your tips and expertise. It's just been wonderful, very eye-opening. Thank you. It's
1: been my pleasure.
0: Yeah, so I have one last question before we complete. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life?
1: You have a choice every day. Your clothes are a choice. What you do is a choice. You can choose to do something that you're passionate about that brings you joy. And look for the joy. And the gifts in just the little things, the birds singing, the flowers blooming, the cup of coffee, a rainbow, even the rain, you know, just all of those things can bring you joy because happiness is going to come from inside you and you have the power to make yourself happy.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon.
1: It was wonderful. Dr. Kimberly Leonard. How do you say your last name? Leonard. Leonard. Okay. I loved being here. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.